Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Turin Giants podcast number 207, what we call a Plus Valenza special with our, with our guest, with our friend, Adam Digby. How are you, Adam? I'm good, man. How are you? Um, all right. All things considered, we got a lot to talk about. Um, you guys can listen to us on all podcast platforms if you want to follow us on YouTube at Turin Giants. You can follow us on Twitter at Juve Podcast, at Turin Giants, and on Instagram at Turin Giants. My name is Farhad. I'm the host that loves you most. And I've already introduced you to our friend, Adam. And there, I could not think of a better person to make sense of this situation on this podcast. I know many people are tuning in for this one. Um, great interest on Twitter. Adam, I'm just saying you better bring your A game. <laughs> always, man, always. Always. No, I joke around, but um, Adam, we're, we're trying to do something long-term with Adam. That's how much I love having him, uh, you know, part of our crew now. And um, you guys will understand by the end of the end of the podcast why I value his opinion and knowledge so much. So, unfortunate times at Juve. Uh, so, just a small recap. Uh, I'm just going to read a lot of tweets and a lot of um, posts, if you if you don't mind. Um, this this episode will also be available on YouTube if you want to, if you're on podcast version now, if you want to switch to the other side. Uh, my eyes will be glazing back and forth just because it's just nonstop information and we will try to uh, sort it out, bring you the best tweets and bring you the best information and like I said, Adam is here to drop some knowledge. So uh, Juventus have been docked 15 points by FIGC. Uh, prosecutor, prosecutor only called for nine points. Juve can still appeal. Uh, capital gains case reopened, two and a half ban, two and a half year ban for Paratici, two years ban for Agnelli and Arriva Bene, one year, four months for Cherubini, and eight months for Nedved. Um, so that's sort of the recap. And um, again, Juve is in the middle of a scandal, but many Juventini have different opinions. Uh, many are calling it a witch hunt. And some of the stuff I agree with, some of the stuff we'll, we'll try to make sense of. Um, you can reach Adam before we begin on Twitter at ADZ77. Always a great follow if you're a Juve fan. Uh, that's, a, that's a must follow. Adam, sorry, long intro. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. So should we talk about the Monza Coppa Italia game or anything else happen interesting? <laughs> that, that cracker. That cracker. Well, speaking of Monza, um, before we begin, I was just reading the interview of Allegri, who's, who's given the given interviews as usual right now, and uh, he's got a huge weight on his shoulders, obviously, throughout these interviews. So, uh, 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 a recap of his interview with um, with with the media and and Rav, uh, our friend, we, we tried desperately to get him on, but he he was just a little busy with all this stuff happening. Uh, so what Allegri was saying was, we have to think only about the pitch. Rabiot should recover. Minus 15, nothing changes. We need points. Um, he's saying we're still we're still in the Europa League. We are still in the Coppa Italia, and we have 60 points to gather. So he's he's staying optimistic as always. He's being the pro pragmatist that he is. What, what what are your thoughts, Adam? You're 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 quite active on Twitter yesterday. Talk to us. Yeah, I think it, it's if we if we address that 
the issue from Allegri first. I think it's really hard for the team because, and and for not that we care as Juve fans, but it's hard for every team in the league because, as we know from any sort of Italian sporting justice case, Juve will appeal and the decision will change. It, it just will. That's every ban, every every sentence that's ever handed down in Italian sporting justice is appealed and then changed. So th- that will happen in this case. So none of the teams in Serie A currently know what position they're in because Juve might get 15 points back. They might get six points back. They might get 10 points back. They, they might get no points back. So nobody understands the, the picture of the league table at the moment. And it's probably going to take about two months before that becomes clear. Um, so I think that that's really doing it mid-season has really put everyone in a bad situation. Obviously, Juve worst of all, but it's it's a terrible look for for Serie A as a whole. Yeah, Juve now find themselves in tenth position. Obviously, way out of any European competition. We can still try to squeak by and make it to Europa League as of right now. Uh, but I read somewhere that we can either get the fifteen points back or the decision stands obviously you you have more knowledge and you heard you so, heard differently no no so that that is what the the ruling said from the FIGC because there is still another appeal mm. to that same body left to come um but then there'll be the appeal to the tar and they're not upheld by the any sporting code so they can just look at the sentence and say no that's unfair and change it or annul mm. it so, it, yes, they can say it, it can't change, but by the same token, the prosecutor asked for nine points and Juve got 15. So, obviously, like Juve said in their statement on Friday, we'll have to wait for the written explanation of the of the ruling before we can understand why it was 15. But it, ultimately, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what it says. Juve are going to appeal it regardless. So, we'll have to wait for at least one more if not two more appeals yet so quick question for you you know there were bans handed down two and a half year ban for Paratici two years for Agnelli Arribabene a year and four months for Cherubini eight months for Nedved Uh, I was this whole case obviously uh, has connection to Tottenham with um, Paratici there right now Many people, many Tottenham fans were wondering, and actually I was wondering as well, what's that ban, what does that ban mean for him in England right now? Do you know? So the FIGC have asked for FIFA and UEFA to honour those bans as well, which would then make them unilateral for, throughout football. Whether If UEFA uphold it, obviously that's through European football. If FIFA do it, it's worldwide. Um, and, and to be honest, mm-hmm. that will be a mere formality because... The, the UEFA is the collective of European football federations. If one federation bans a player, they, they will be banned. It's not like you can get a, a ban in one country and then just go to work in a different one. So I would fully expect that Paratici's ban, when it's finalised, when the sentence is finished... Hey, Adam, sorry. We had to switch the the location due to internet. Um YouTubers will, will notice that. However, podcast listeners will not. Well, let's continue with Paratici and the connection to to England and Tottenham since he was given that. He was given the highest um, ban from, from everyone, two and a half years. 
Uh, can you can you specify what his role was in these? Was he directly the guy uh, manipulating the? Yeah, because obviously he was the sporting director responsible for negotiating all those deals. They all came under his uh, tenure when he was in charge after Beppe Marotta had left. Um, and all of the wiretaps are talking about him actually doing it. And I think you can, if you read between the lines of all the statements and all the words published by the club since this started, it looks to me like they're very much trying to make it that Fabio Paratici did this, not Juventus and not other people. Even to Allegri's press conference today, he said um, he felt very sorry on a personal level for Agnelli, Cherubini, Arriva Benne and Nedved. And obviously that very clearly excludes one person, doesn't it? Hmm. Interesting. Um, so obviously there's a lot of questions around it. Uh what I wanted to do with this podcast is kind of delve into a more what people are feeling around around the club. Since you're sort of an insider, how much it's a it's a question you don't have to answer, but I was just wondering how much of it. I know there's uh, parody accounts and uh, Mr. Fake Agnelli, you know, he's saying it's a witch hunt, but how much of it is really a witch hunt in your opinion? Um, because of past precedent. We, I would say we'll have to wait and see. Right now, it's very easy to paint it as it's all about being after Juve. But, so what happened is the initial case into this added value trial was thrown out because there's no evidence. Um, the, the prosecutor was using values from Transfermarkt, the website, um, and then saying that the price was obviously much greater than... than Transfer Mark said it was, which is a joke. Um, so that case was immediately dismissed um, against all nine clubs who were involved, uh, which includes Napoli and, and seven other Italian clubs. Um, then in the investigation into Juve paying wages to players during the COVID pandemic, um, paying it under the table and off the books, um, they uncovered wiretap recordings of the UV directors talking about inflating transfer values, which is very clear, hard, hard evidence. Mm. Uh, unlike in the US or the UK, that evidence is allowed to be in the newspapers ahead of the trial, um, which obviously that would be tainted evidence in any normal democracy, but it's Italy, so because I get to run the transcripts of the wiretaps a month ago. Um and, and those wiretaps very clearly show that Juve were um, inflating values of players. Obviously, in collusion with other clubs because you can't buy and sell players by yourself. You have to sell them to somebody or buy them from somebody. So it's obviously more than just yeah, Juve. Yeah, I, I keep seeing that. Uh, we, we keep seeing that, you know, what happened to the other clubs? You know, you can't so make the, a deal the, without the, another party. No, obviously not. Obviously not. But the case was fully dismissed. Um, but the prosecutor asked for it to be reopened against Juve because there was hard evidence against Juve, which there is because it's the Juventus directors talking about it. When that was reopened, Juve appealed that decision to reopen it. And this punishment comes as a result of that appeal. So it's it's a punishment from the appeal. So it's not a case that's been reopened against every other club. Now, what should happen if this if this was 
normal justice is if this has been um, ruled that this is the, the final punishment, if you are being punished for illegally inflating the price of players, they now have a legal precedent and evidence of other clubs doing it, right? Because if you're saying Juve did it, you have to be saying Juve did it with this player and this player and this player. So if you sold a player to Sampdoria or Bari or whoever, then you can bring that same case against the other club because they have done the same thing. So it, I, I would expect now that, that the rest of those cases against those other clubs would be reopened and they would be punished on a sliding scale with Juve when the initial investigation came open. I think there were 72 transfers and 46 of them were Juve ones. So Juve were always going to come off the worst of this. But yeah. other clubs uh, should be punished as well. questions that came in. Uh, yeah, uh, our listener, Aladdin, he's asking, do you think that FIGC revenge, he, he, his English is not his first language, so we will... You know, I'll read it as um, as he wrote. Do you think that FIGC revenge Juve for being the real protagonist of the Super League? I've seen Super League pop up here and there. Um, how much of it is is that, if, if any? If it was if it was UEFA, I would say maybe, but it, the FIGC wouldn't be affected by the Super League because the Super League would have replaced the Champions League. So no would be my answer to that. I see. Well, that answers your question. Um, do you think we should settle this in a in a 2023 way with a slap championship? Do you think we should just abandon the Serie yes. A model? And just... Ab- absolutely. Who, who, yes. would, who, who would you put? Nedved looks like he's got a good old slap on him, right? Yeah, but Arriva Benny is a big guy, man. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, man, this is there's just so much. So let's talk about the spendings. Um, EPL, I think we were on the last podcast, we mentioned that EPL during the January transfer window was 300 million something uh, pounds worth of transfers. And Serie A and La Liga was 11 million. Like it's literally double digit numbers. Um, how come EPL gets that pass? It's just, it just football is just so corrupted and so ruled by money now that things that would make sense don't anymore because it's just run by money now. They, they just the Premier League clubs just have so much money. That, that there's, there's not really anything. But they must be to... inflating numbers too. I mean, these youngsters are being sold for a hundred million. There's there's inflation going on in in that realm as well, no? I think the problem the problem is because the Premier League clubs have got so much money, and because the other Premier League clubs know that Premier League clubs have got so much money, or even lower division English clubs know that Premier League clubs have got so much money, they just put the price up. I don't think it's I don't think it's comparable in the same way. I think um, what we see with with Serie A is it's it's not so much the... the so, okay, so the issue is it's not that Juve sold a player for 20 million and he's only worth 2 million. The, the issue is they're selling a player to, let's say, Genoa for 18 million 
and buying a player from Genoa for 16 million. So they're giving Genoa 2 million and swapping players, but putting the, the value of the players is really high. So if we think about it with Pjanic, the Pjanic and Artur swap deal, Juve, Juve, sold, Juve sold Merlin Pjanic to Barcelona for 60 million, but bought Artur for 72 million. So essentially, they bought Artur for 12 million plus Pjanic, right? Mm-hmm. But if if you if you just if you if, if you say we've bought Artur for 32 million and sold Pjanic for 12 million, you have Artur who's worth 32 million on your books, but Juve are saying that Artur is worth 72 million. That that's where the the inflation is coming because you are you're not actually swapping that money. You you're increasing the value of an asset. So I'm I'm selling you a pair of socks for 20 million and you're giving me a different pair of socks for 18 million and at the end of the day it's just socks. Adam, you know, it, it, it will exactly. Why why would you buy Pjanic for 60 million and then he doesn't play? <laughs> And, How and, dare you? Are you saying Pjanic is, is a pair of socks? Well, if you want to talk about pairs of socks, we could talk about the Ossiman deal with Napoli that's part of the investigation as well. Um, they they bought um, Victor Ossiman from Lille in France um, for 72 million euros. They gave Lille 50 million euros and four players, all valued at 5 million euros each. Um, one of those players was a goalkeeper, Carnesis, who played uh, one game in two years for Lille. And the other three never played for Lille and have all had their contracts terminated already, basically for nothing. There's an interview from um, two years ago, I think, maybe three years ago, with one of those players who said he never even went to France. Yeah. So okay. it's, it's I mean, that it's, kind of thing. It's so preposterous to think that Juve are doing something that Napoli are not doing. You know what I mean? It's not to throw shade at anyone, but it's just the nature of Italian football. It just we seem to get caught. The the PR is in an all time low. It's just it's just a nightmare. I really hope, and I don't know how many how chances of that actually happening. But if those fifteen points are restored, um, <laughs> it'll be amazing to see. But what 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 do you think are the chances of that actually happening in your opinion. I, I think, as, as I said before, I think the sentence will definitely be reduced. I think that's always the way with, with Italy. You see it when you get a... You, you, we're going to close your curva for... We're going to close your stadium for eight matches for racist chanting and the club appeals and they end up closing one section of the curva for one game. Um, so it, it always happens. Mm. I think right now, what I would find most fun... Because I, I have this, this sickness where I like rooting for chaos... Um, I think the best thing right now would be for the sentence to be upheld, but for Juve to win the Europa League, so they're in Champions League anyway. I think that would be just incredible. <laughs> it would just melt people's brains. I love it. But I love yeah, it. It's, I, I don't know with current current Allegri's Juve if that's possible. But we got some strong players coming back. And speaking of players, uh, they're they're you know come out and support Marquisio's in full voice. And uh, uh, in the in the long run, so so. Let's see, it's 15 points after the appeal, which is not for a couple of weeks. I mean, don't, don't expect this to, to go down. We'll, we'll still have plenty to talk about. Uh, 
So Juve find themselves in 10th place. Um, how do you see the next season going? Is this like a Calciopoli where a bunch of players will will leave and, and you know, there will be uproar in Juve, all-time Juve loyalty? And, and, you know, obviously you have fans coming out and posting the uh, messages of support. They need us more than we need them, blah, blah, blah. But how do you see the next season going? Who's staying? Um, coaches coming in. Just, just give us an overall view in your expert opinion. I think it's really difficult because we have to remember that on top of this case, there's also the um, the wages being paid um, off the books during the COVID pandemic. And the evidence for this punishment came as part of the investigation into that. So there's still that to come yet. There's also the very real possibility that the other clubs being investigated as part of this initial trial get their cases reopened, as I said, because now there is a, a precedent that, that, that this has happened. So, And that involves Napoli as well. So you, you've earned in 10th and so many points behind right now, but but that could even change. It's it's really, really difficult to, to even try and grasp what the rest of this season is going to look like because we have a, a, a team at the top of Serie A headed by Luciano Spalletti, who is notorious for his teams collapsing in the second half of the season, which starts this weekend. Um, so that yeah. that will be interesting to watch. We have Milan, who are struggling at the moment. There's Inter, who struggled all season long. There's Juve now, who may get a load of points back all of a sudden, which would be, as much as, obviously, where Juve fans start talking about this, that would be hugely unfair on the on the the teams at the top of the table, right? If, obviously, it's unfair on Juve right now, but if suddenly on appeal, Juve get 12 points back or 10 points back and you were fighting for a Champions League place or you were 12 points clear at the top of Serie A and suddenly now you're only two points clear, that that is, that's not how football is supposed to be, right? You, you, you go into a weekend knowing, okay, we've, we've got a 10-point lead. We play these guys. They play those guys. If we both win, we're still 10 points clear. That, that advantage, like obviously Juve's advantage over other clubs in the Champions League races um, was just wiped out. And, and that, to me, I, I, that's the... Oh, I can't say it's the worst part because obviously it's, it's Juve getting punished, but... It just turns the league into a joke, you know? Like, who's in the Champions League places? Well, it depends on Juve's appeal. Like, that's not football. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mentioned on the last podcast, uh, the way the financials and the way econ economics work in today's sport, it's it's such a distraction. It's It's the... Americanization of, of football. I'm not really a big fan of that. Players playing much better when their contracts are about to expire and uh, the, the loyalty is out the window. So when we mention loyalty, many people saying, you know, Chiesa will stay if, if obviously, shit goes down. Um, Vlaovic is a, is a guy that seems like he would stay. Um, I guess we'll see. I mean, there's not much to, to, to discuss as far as long-term plans, but I just wanted to hear your opinion. 
Um, yeah, I, I think what, to me of of the, of the of the first team players, like outside of um, Locatelli, I, I I wouldn't bet anything on anybody staying. Chiesa, Vlaovic, Rabio is as good as gone anywhere. Sorry, contract year Rabio to give him his his full title if we're going with the Americanization of, of football that you mentioned there. Um, I, I, outside of Locatelli, I, I genuinely don't trust in anyone else to stay, believe in anyone else to stay. I think it's it's really difficult. Like, why? Why would you? You know, if you've if you've for all for all that we love the club, for all however we feel about it, if if you've gone to Juve to compete for Champions League and compete for Serie A, we saw it with Matthias De Ligt. Like, this is not that Juve right now. And if they get punished again or more or or whatever, why would you stay? Like, it's it, it, not to again, not to us, not to me, not in my personal opinion. But if I'm a uh, an American midfielder or a, a Serbian striker, what do I care about some corrupt Italian team that seems to, seems to get in trouble off the field every 10 years? You know, what What loyalty do I have to that? It's not, I'm not like, we're not talking about um, Alessandro Del Piero and Pavel Nedved and David Trezeguet who played in Champions League finals and won Serie A titles. We're talking about guys who've been here, young guys at the start of their career who've been here two seasons, three seasons, who all you there, nothing, you know, they, they're not, they're not tied up in that. And, and you there, you there, it seems like there is, for, for whatever we think, again, for whatever we think of other clubs are doing it, it's just Italian football, whatever. From those wiretap recordings, you there have done what, the FIGC has, has accused Juve of doing. Yes, other clubs have done it. Yes, that's Italian football. All those things are true. But from listening to those conversations of Agnelli, Cherubini, uh, Paratici, Nedved, Paratici did it. You know, Juve have done it. And why would you stay if that if that's if you're a Bremer or Rabio or Vlaovic, Chiesa even? Why would you stay? If Juve end up on a points penalty or went to Serie B again, what what reason? You know, it's the state of the club right now is. I don't think it's ever been lower because I think by the time the Serie B season started in two thousand six, we knew that that wasn't real. We knew that other clubs had done just as much, if not more. We knew that it was a, a rushed sentence and a a ridiculously harsh sentence to one specific club. We knew all that. If this carries on through the summer and other clubs are punished, has Serie A and Juventus ever been in a worse position, even if they don't end up in Serie B? Yeah. For what this does to their reputation, on top of the misguided opinion that people already have of Calciopoli, I, I don't think the, the reputation and the global standing of Juventus has ever been worse. And this is this should be a, an incredible year, an incredible... Um, celebration of a hundred years of Agnelli ownership, and the 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 latest member of the family has had to resign in disgrace because he's overseen a club that have chased this Super League dream, who've inflated the price of transfers, who've paid players' wages under the table, 
who's falsified their books when they're a company traded on the stock exchange. If all those things are true, I think this is probably the, the, the blackest moment in Juve's history, I'll be honest. And that's before I even begin to look at the absolutely unrecognisable state of the team on the pitch. You know, the, the woeful football that we've churned out all season and all last season as well. Getting beaten. I mean, for this to come for this to come a week after Juve get hammered, exactly a week after Juve get hammered 5-1 by Napoli, like, has there ever been a worse time to be a Juve fan than right now? And I say that as a Juve fan. Boys and girls, unfortunately, sometimes technology fails you. Um, internet, mic issues and camera issues. But we want to thank Adam for jumping on this podcast. To make you feel better, we only spoke for three, four more minutes after this. Um, hopefully we covered most of the stuff that's available to us as of right now. We will continue doing these podcasts and check us out on YouTube. The boys on YouTube are doing so much work regarding this issue. Um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this. You can follow us on all social media platforms. And as always, stay hydrated, check on your friends, and Forza Juve. We'll see you soon.